boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 9th of March, and it sure has been another busy week in racing with the Australian Cup Carnival wrapping up last weekend at the Meadows. The heats of the Horsham Cup run on Tuesday with the final tonight. On today's show, Horsham's General Manager Justin Brilliant will be joining me along with trainer Andrew Paraskevis, who has nervous and weird in the Cup, and Michelle Westerveld will be chatting about the retirement from stud of Barsha Bale. What's making news around the kennels? It was Dinah Patty for Andrea Daly who took out the Australian Cup last week and claimed the $250,000 winner's cheque. She jumped beautifully from the red and led all the way to take out her second Group 1 at the venue, having won the maturity back in July 2018. It was Andrea Daly's fifth Australian Cup win also, and Dinah Patty has now won over half a million dollars in stakes. Eight community groups who were paired with a runner in the Cup also went home winners thanks to the Meadows Greyhounds Community Grants Fund. Bright Services took home $10,000 after being paired with Dinah Patty, with the other seven community groups leaving with $2,000. The Fantabale Superstayers left everyone surprised when Blue Moon Rising won at the odds of $27. The general consensus prior to the race was that Tornado Tears was a certainty, but after finding some trouble he managed to run fourth. Blue Moon Rising was racing well at the Meadows in the lead up to Saturday night's final and after racing in the shadows of his littermates, he showed that he is a stayer with plenty of good races in him. Six heats of the Horsham Cup were run on Tuesday night with the final tonight. It is an outstanding country cup field. It usually is every year and I'm looking forward to heading there later today to MC all the action. We'll have more from Justin and Andrew shortly. And my redeemer has gone to stud for now due to the overwhelming demand for his services from around Australia, New Zealand and the UK. He'll be standing with trainer David Geel for $2,200 and there is the possibility of him returning to racing mid-year. With the extreme temperatures and bushfires around the Gippsland area this week, Sale, Cranbourne, Warrigal and Terrelgan opened their kennels for anyone needing to relocate their dogs to a safe place and housed over 300 greyhounds and other dog breeds for people directly affected. A big shout out to the club managers, track staff and volunteers who gave up their time to help each other and keep our animals safe in the most stressful of circumstances. Poke the Bear stepped up in distance at Sandown Thursday to the 5.95 metres and the $1.20 favourite found the early lead to win in 34.05. He'll now be heading to Perth for the Perth Cup in a couple of weeks and Sandown are hosting a Greyhound Community Day on the 23rd of March from 11.30 to 3.30. Registrations are essential. Essential entry is free. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And with the Horsham Cup tonight, there's been plenty of preparation, no doubt, at the Horsham track. And joining me now is the General Manager, Justin Brilliant. Good morning, Justin. Morning, Simone. Got a busy day and night ahead of you, and um, me also. I can't wait to join you there later this afternoon to MC all the action. But how are things shaping up down at Horsham? Oh, look, the weather's going to be fantastic today, and fishing comps in town, so we're expecting a big crowd. It always used to be a big crowd, didn't it? You used to have the people camping on the banks of the river, um, much where the trainers actually park the cars to get the greyhounds out and walk them around. And I know for a couple of years it did change, but you're back to the old winning formula. Yeah, look, we we shifted to June for a couple of years and that just didn't work. And 
um, fishing comps the best time for the club to get a crowd. So um, we've all sort of seen a bit of reason and shifted it back to our traditional date. And you're expecting a crowd of around twelve to 1,400? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That's probably a, pretty much a full house for us, I think, and that'd give a great atmosphere for what is a great night's racing. And you also um, have lots of kids' activities planned, don't you, in a punters club? Can you just tell us what's happening tonight? Yeah, yeah. Look, there's heaps of stuff for the kids. Um, there's free uh, slushies and fairy floss and those sorts of things and rides and things for the kids. Um, we've lots of giveaways. Um, the punters club's run by a next uh, local bookmaker. Um, most of the locals would know him, so he's going to try and work his magic for us. So, um, yeah, we're just a full-on night, I think. Yeah, looking forward to it. Now, can you tell us about Livin? Um, they're a community group um, that have teamed up with the Greyhounds. Can you just talk us through that? Yeah. Look, they're, they're based up in Queensland and there's a group of friends got together and formed a charity after one of their friends took his own life and um, they run educational programs in schools and sporting clubs and one of their ambassadors is an ex-Horsham guy that lives on the Gold Coast. So he's been down a few times and run some great projects here in town and we thought it's a great opportunity if we raise money to get him down and run through some extra schools and... He's already got yeah, the money we're raising for him. He's already got two schools booked in next week. So uh, we're going to have an immediate impact. And that's all for mental health education, isn't mental it? Mental health and how to identify it. And maybe not so much in the kids, but maybe in their parents, in the farming with drought and everything going on. And um, just what to identify and how to react and how to yeah, sort of keep yourself healthy. Yeah, well, the Greyhound community is a terrific community. And... Um, we know firsthand, Justin, how greyhounds and dogs and animals in general can just be so therapeutic for us. So it's great that you can promote this through the greyhounds as well. Yeah, and look, and, and being able to have the money spent locally is a big difference. It's, it's made it a lot easier and we get a lot of traction for them and, and for us. And yeah, we'll see immediate results next week. Now let's talk greyhounds. You must be thrilled with the cup field. Oh, absolutely wrapped. Yeah, that's a fantastic field. Um, a few of the trainers have said this is as good a country cup field they've seen in a long time. Um, probably worthy of maybe a Group 1 in town sort of field, I think. Oh, well, there's certainly plenty of Group 1 finalists in the field. You've got yeah. Baruga Brett there, Orson Allen, Blue Striker. Um, there's a, a mix of speed and strength. Um, there's some slow beginners, but it looks like Nervous and Weird, um, Orson Allen, and Italian plastic are probably the speed runners, but then you've got those greyhounds that have got that strength as well. Yeah, you just worry whether they're going to get a bit of a squeeze coming out of the boxes, like the Aston it is and Blue Strikers and things. But, um, yeah, the, the one, the five and the eight look like they'll probably clear out in front and I think probably fight the race out, I'd say. That's how it looks on paper, but um, yeah. we know these things don't oh, no. always go to plan, do they? No, we, we had Aston DB last year, a short price favourite, and he got beaten by Jimmy Newob, so... That's um, right. Yeah, the best laid plans don't always work. No, gee, that's gone fast, hasn't it, when you think it's already 12 months ago since yeah. Jimmy Newob, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Justin, you're down there all the time watching these dogs go around. You were there for the heats. Um, can you tip us into a winner? Oh, look, it's, it's hard to tip against Dawson Allen, even though he's in box five. He was four or five lengths quicker than the rest of the field. It is, and he's only going to improve, I think, on Saturday after the run. I think, um, oh, sorry. 
yeah, no, that's. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to tip against him. I think the thing that he's got in his favour, even though having drawn in box five, is the fact he doesn't have any pace either side of him, really. So yeah. um, he can afford probably a, a tiny hiccup at the start, and he's still got that class to maybe you know muster that pace and get out in front early. Yeah, well, he was able to do it at both ends in his heat run. He was up near the quickest splits at the first split and had the quickest run home time. So he's yeah, he's positioned himself well to, to be right in the finish. I'm sure we'll see him there somewhere anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. took out the Cranbourne Cup and the shootout last year. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. if he does take out the Horsham Cup yeah. tonight. Justin, great having you on the show. Thank you for telling us what's happening. And um, I'll see you in a, a few hours, but or more than a few hours, a bit later today. But really looking forward to it. And congratulations on getting such a great field. No, thanks, Simone. And travel safe on your way up. Thank you. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And with the Horsham Cup tonight and a top field, we do have Andrew Paraskevis on the phone now. He's the trainer of the Red, Nervous and Weird. Good morning, Andrew. Morning, Simone. How are you? I'm very well. More to the point, how's Nervous and Weird? It's been a very short turnaround from the heats on Tuesday to tonight. Yeah, no, he's good as gold. He's pulled up well. He recovers quite well. and uh, Yeah, so no complaints. That's good to hear. It was his first start over the 485 at Horsham in the heat. Uh, you must have been very pleased with how he went. Yeah, no, he went terrific. His last couple of runs, especially through the Bullock Cup series, have been really good. He's been beginning well. and Yeah, he should just uh, hopefully continue to get a little bit stronger and keep on improving. You mentioned during the week that the Bullock runs really sharpened him up because he had a bit of time off after the South Australian Derby last year, didn't he? Yeah, he had uh, surgery to his right hock. We found a, like a little chip in the back of his hock that uh, our vet suggested to remove just to uh, more as a precautionary type of thing than anything. Um, and yeah, so he spent probably two weeks on the sidelines. And, uh, he's only just sort of just starting to come back up to his like sort of ideal distance range. He's had a couple of runs up straight at Hilda, which, you know, the distance is a little bit short for him. And he only had one or two sort of circle uh, runs uh, leading up to um, sort of bullseye, so yeah, he's hopefully now he'll uh, be able to strengthen up and um, yeah, see the 485 and the 500s uh, a little bit better. He's been a terrific chaser for you. He's been very, very consistent. And looking back through his form, Andrew, since his Angle Park Derby win, he had that time off, but he hasn't missed a place um, from then until now. So it's quite a remarkable record from him. Yeah, the whole litter have probably similar records. They're all. Um, They've all got a touch of early pace and they all they all chase well and um, yeah they've got a little bit of ability as well so it makes it makes our job quite easy like as long as we place them in the right types of races they've they've been um, pretty consistent uh, so far throughout all their careers. They sure have, of course. That's the Barsha Bale father of mine, and we'll be catching up with Michelle Westerveld um, shortly to talk about the retirement of Barsha Bale. But um, at stud, but we won't get into that right now, Andrew. But it has been an outstanding litter. You've had lots of fun with these guys. Yeah, look, they have. They've been terrific. It's you know we're probably blessed to have all, like we've had eleven of them, and all eleven broke in well, and all eleven have won races. So you know, very very. We're very lucky to have those types of dogs in our kennel, that's for sure. And the thing with Nervous and Weird, he'll win from any box as well. He's just very reliable early, so he looks ideally drawn in the red. He recorded the first sectional split last week, which was the fastest of the night. Um, everything seems to be pointing in the direction that this greyhound will lead this field. Yeah, 
hope so. Um, <laughs> he began well at his two starts at Bly. Uh, he led both uh, his seat in the final. He got run down by Indara Express, um, which is you know probably uh, their leading horseshoe dog uh, in New South Wales. So uh, his last look, he has begun his last three or four. Um, he did miss a start over a short run at um, Geelong. But apart from that, no, he's been beginning quite well and he's yeah, full of confidence at the moment and yeah, especially his, his railing probably better than I've seen um, for a long time. So he's, he, hopefully he'll use the red box to his advantage. The other advantage he has is the fact that he doesn't really have any pace on his outside, does he, from um, Aston at his and Axel Footloose and even Baruga Brett. Um, we know he can begin at times. It's not until really box five where you've got Orson Allen that we know he can begin and he will be the greyhound that is likely to start the favourite and perhaps the greyhound to beat. But um, that must sort of give you some confidence that he can find the lead early with that lack of pace on his outside. Yeah, well, the red should allow him to do so, uh, even if he... Even if he just begins with them, um, that should be enough for him to sort of hold his position on the fence. Um, like you said, if Paul Allen begins in front of him, and I think if he begins in front of anything, I think it's all over. But uh, look, the red will give him every chance to sort of hunt up on the fence there and, and hold his spot. Um, yeah, look, he hasn't been giving an inch lately. Like he's been holding the rails quite well. So uh, unless something crosses him clearly early, yeah, I'm confident that he'll, he'll, he'll just hold his spot on the fence there and, and rail up. Well, you know, if all else fails, Andrew, he's going to give 100%. You know, he's just a strong, hard chaser and, uh, like you mentioned, getting stronger and stronger. And, um, yeah, he'll put his best foot forward, no doubt. Yeah, hopefully. Look, as long as they get around safe, that's the most important thing. But, look, we're happy to be there. Look, it's, you know, it's nice to be involved in these types of races. And, you know, drawing the red's an added bonus. So, look, can't go to any sort of race with any, like, you know, overly confident. But I'm hoping that he'll be able to, you know, at least put himself in the race and yeah, the rest will be up to him. I'm sure he will. Best of luck, Andrew, and thanks for joining us this morning on Talking Greyhounds. Thanks, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And my final guest for this morning on Talking Greyhounds is Michelle Westervald, who has been running the very successful greyhound stud Meticulous Lodge alongside her husband, Paul, for many years. Good morning, Michelle. Hi, Simone. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. We've received some uh, sad news this week, I guess you could say, on the stud scene with your decision to retire Barsha Bale. Can you explain your reason for this? Oh, look, Barsha's going to be nine at the end of this month. Um, and as you know, he's been a very busy stud boy, so we've just decided that it was the right time to retire him. The good news is, however, that you've got about two years' worth of stored semen of his. So can you explain the process going forward now if people are wishing to use his services? Look, we've decided that um, we're going to manage him similar to how we've been managing Fernando. Um, we are allowed to sell 54 vials a quarter with GA rules. So um, what we've been doing is we've been focusing and prioritising pictures on season and then towards the tail end of the quarter, whatever vials haven't been sold, we allocate them to a waiting list. So do you anticipate that these are going to, every quarter the quota will be sold um, or is it something you feel you might have some left? Or I think he's just in such demand, isn't he? He has been in huge demand. So the last two quarters he has sold out. 
Um, so I already, since being advertised that, um, you know, that he's um, retired, I've already been inundated with requests. Oh, no doubt. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, he's nearly nine years old at the end of this month. So what happens to Barsha then? Does he live out his life as a, re- a retirement in retirement as a pet with you or does he go back to... Paul Wheeler, or what sort of the story? Well, Paul and I, I was hoping to keep him as a pet. Right. And um, (laughs) Paul and I have been uh, debating that because we've already got Secret Spell and um, we've got three little cavoodles, puppies, um, in our backyard as well. And and Paul uh, said we haven't got room for another big greyhound on our couch. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still debating that with him, but I think um, the Wheeler family uh, are looking forward to having him come back to their place. So he's been a very busy dog all his life. Um, how do you think he's going to handle this retirement? Look, he, um, I think he's going to handle it very well. He, um, he already now goes out into a big backyard that we've got and he certainly loves to, to run around and he digs a lot of holes. So wherever he ends up, there's going to be a lot of holes in that person's backyard. <laughs> Does anyone need some landscaping? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> No, look, he's um, he will take it all in stride. He's already, I mean, effectively the way he lives at our place anyway. He's a bit like a pet. He's got a really large indoor um, day yard, and he's got um, his big bed, and he gets let out all the time. And and um, you know, if he goes back to the wheelers, well, they're going to let him run free um, on their big property as well. So he'll be fine. He sounds like he's had the perfect life. <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, he was retired to start after having 14 starts, 13 wins. He won the 2012 maturity and broke numerous track records. What quality did you see in him and did Paul see in him as a race dog that gave you the confidence to stand him at stud? Oh, look, the wheelers, I mean, obviously they had a lot to do with some chatting with Paul prior to him um, going to stud and they saw a lot in him, even as he was breaking in, and I just gave him a huge rap. Um, they said that he was the fastest dog they'd broken in. Um, and then he, um, when he went to racing, he broke a couple of track records early on. Um, and, and Paul always looked for, obviously, commercial bloodlines and a great temperament, which he had all of those things. So the list of his progeny is endless. I mean, we could sit here all morning talking about it, but when you talk about dogs like Dinah Double One, Mystic Riot, Aston DB, Baruga Brett, who's in the Horsham Cup tonight, we're talking the absolute best of the best. And when you've got a stud dog that, stud dog that throws stud dogs, um, it's quite phenomenal. Has he exceeded, well, there's no doubt he's exceeded your expectations. Yeah, look, he's been, he's certainly had a very impressive stud career to date. Um, he's mated over 1,200 pitches and the total offspring prize money is currently at 37 million. He's wow. won, you know, various um, size of the year, uh, metropolitan of the year, like the list goes on. Um, it's been an absolute honour to have him in our kennel and we've always been really grateful that the wheelers have trusted us with their, you know, with their best dogs. Well, last year was a, well, 2017, I should say, was a huge year for him. Like you've mentioned, the Australasian yeah. sire, leading agra rank sire, leading Australian strike rate and leading Metro sire. Um, we don't, I mean, we talk about Fernando Bale, how brilliant he is at stud, but we sometimes perhaps forget a little bit about Barsha. But when you go back and read some of these stats, it's just wow. Yes, and we've still got two years ahead of us, so I'm sure there'll be more to come. Yeah, I'm sure there will be, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's not just finishing now. We're going to see him continue for the next couple of years and um, yeah. you know, and then we'll see his progeny throw on as well and grandchildren and all the rest of it. So he's yeah. still got a really bright future ahead and he's still only a young dog. So, yeah, plenty happening. Yeah. 
There is, yes, and I'm sure he's looking forward to just taking trips <laughs> in the car. And um, you know, he's going very grey, actually. Adam, he and Fabregas are similar in age, and yet he's he's got the big grey beard going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, he yeah. Yeah, they sometimes do that, don't they? Sometimes they go grey about two years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll have a lovely retirement. I'm sure he will. And look, it's been wonderful having you on Talking Greyhounds this morning. But uh, Michelle, how about we relive his maturity win at the Meadows back in 2012 because um, it was an outstanding win and it's great to look back on these races and just remember how great a dog they were as a race dog. And racing, Barcia Bale, a little bit slow to begin a way faster. Sailbale is going to lead Settley down. Barcia Bale through on the inside of his second. And Hedy Bale around the outside of his third. Going to the back straight, though, to Sailbale, the leader. A length and a half of in second place in there, Barcia Bale. About four lengths back, third came Hedy Bale. A long gap down to Comic Sands, followed further back then by Dinah Felbert. Out near the tail, Odi for now. Getting slithered, I'm a geisha girl. On the turn, Barcia Bale takes the lead now. From to Sailbale on the outside, having another crack, but Barcia Bale gets home and wins it from the sale bar and Comic Sands and they were followed by Eddie for now. Dinah Philbert next and then came I'm a Geisha girl and down over the line would have been Hattie Bale and the time is 30.04 and it's 10 out of 10. It's the expert pick Simone's run of the week. Racing, Myra Nemus to begin and Dinah Patty away brilliantly going up quickly, black opium the outside. They were followed by Shiver Breeze into the first turn, out at the tail of the field there, Shiver Breeze copped the Pratt and well back to Myra Dima. going down the back straight on Dinah Patty the leader from black opium the outside, four lengths away then Kane Deliver. They were followed then by Miss Flendermiro, ten lengths further back, Dinah Oscar Vago, bye bye, followed by Myra Dima coming up to the turn, Dinah Patty the leader, black opium trying hard, but Dinah Patty's going to win the maturity in Australian Cup double and win by. By two and a half lengths, Black Opium, third home is delivered. Followed further back by Bago, bye bye, and then came Miss Flendemiro, Dinah Oscar, followed by Myra Redeemer and Shimmer Breeze. Time on the cup is around 29.59. And it was very hard to go, not to go past uh, Dinah Patty taking uh, out that Australian Cup final last Saturday night. So, so she does get my run of the week. My dog to follow this week is Street Outlaw, who is not only a reserve for the Horsham Cup tonight, but he does get a start in the Horsham Cup Consolation, race six, number six. He's now had 10 starts for six wins and four placings. Uh, he ran second to Aston, it is in the cup heat, but he began racing in July last year and then had an extended spell, only six starts this year. So I think he is a greyhound on the way up Street Outlaw, trained by Shona Thompson. My best bet is race nine, number three tonight, Jarman at Horsham. He ran a top race at Warrnambool on Thursday night in 21.88 over the 3.90 metres there. He does race very well at Horsham. He is a local. He's had nine wins and one placing from his 15 starts over the 410 metre distance. No feature races coming up this week, but we do have the launching pad and Perth Cup Heats and Galaxy not far away. So until then, you keep those tails wagging.